For more great content, make sure you follow 717 Sports Media on all your podcast listening platforms. Also follow us on social media on Twitter at 717 underscore sports, Facebook and Instagram at 717 Sports Media. We're also checking on our website daily for your daily news and sports videos at 717sportsmedia.com. College football index with my guy Clark. Wow, what can, that's all I got to say. What a week of college football! Yeah, exciting was, weekend, was, right? It was a great weekend. My Irish went down to to a little, the probably the bottom feeder of the Pac-12, and Stan, Stanford had hadn't won a game a uh, a Power Five game in almost two years. It was eleven straight. And, and uh, yeah, and they beat you know Stanford beat Colgate in a barn burner, which is their only win on the season. And uh, now they went to South Bend and, and, and kicked their ass. So, yeah, season's over for, for Notre Dame. Okay, so let me ask you this. Like, that, that and the Marshall loss are on Freeman. Like, you got to have your boys ready to play. Those are two bad teams. At home. I can see on the road. At home, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Marshall's terrible, coach. They got beat by Bull and Green. I know. It was probably like, a bottom like, five. Like, it, it, it's, 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 it's really interesting because when you think about it, Notre Dame plays Ohio State tough. They come home, lay an egg to Marshall. Notre Dame plays a really good game against uh, a BYU team who's maybe a little overrated because they're falling back there. But still, they're a decent team. You know, on the road, you know, I know it's a neutral site, but on the road, they come back home and they lay another egg. It's like you know, he can't get his team to play. Now, you know, uh, uh, you know, it's interesting. Like, you could dig out of this. We've seen struggle year one, and then, you know, you're not ready to give up on him. But it leaves a bad taste in his mouth. Of of your of your fans and everybody because I was like, wait, wait, you should like you should have beat these teams. I don't remember Brian Kelly. Now he lost some games, but I don't remember him losing the teams like that. Well, Brian Kelly had that one bad year. I think they went he five did. and seven, four horrible. and eight. They're horrible. They lost to you know everybody, anybody that had a decent team that year, and, and you know they they were going to fire them. You know uh, the athletic director came out in support. Next year, I think he went twelve and up. The very next year, so yes. you never know. Um, you can't lose to Marshall. You can't. You can't lose to Stanford. The Stanford team's been bad for a couple of years now. We talked about that. I think offline. Um, you know, it's just it's disappointing. It's you know you got and you got you got a tough schedule out. You know they got they got a cupcake this week, but then you come back. You still got Clemson, USC. You know these are not these are tough games. And, you in North Carolina's ranked, and we whipped their we whipped them. Yeah, that, it, it is funny. Like Notre Dame, it's a, like Ohio State. They played tough. Notre, uh, they kicked the crap out of North Carolina, and there's there was I think they're six and one, five and one, and then you know BYU is you know probably a little overrated, but not a bad team. They beat them. So, like, it, it just tells you your team's not ready to play, and it's just a bad look. So yeah, I'm all fired up. Quickly. I'm all fired up about the Irish coach. I, I this is. This is ridiculous. And then you got our Browns, who I know this is college football, but we are diehard Browns fans, and they're they're just as bad. I can't even talk about them. I, I, the whole so season sucks this year. It's terrible. Well, maybe not if you're a Buckeye fan. Yeah, you guys. Well, maybe if you're not a Tennessee fan. Ooh. Yeah. Right, so in this episode, guys, college football, I got to get my man on track here. He, he, he's a little salty. We got salty, salty Clark today. Um, on this episode of the College Football Index, we're going to discuss – the games from Saturday. Uh, we got our guest. I got a guest, Rick Butler from Rocky Top Insider. He's a Tennessee writer. So, you know, that's I'm excited, man. We got a, we got a Tennessee writer coming on. Is that exciting? That is. You know, I'm looking forward to it. You know, Tennessee, this this reminds me of the LSU team, you know, four or five years, four years ago with Joe Burrow. I mean, this is this is setting up that way. Whoa, you went? I, I wasn't thinking that, but. Maybe I don't know. I think that LSU defense was a lot better than this, but maybe I'm wrong. We'll see. Uh, Tennessee's front seven's not terrible. Yeah, they're it's just their, it's their back. Out. The back end is not great, but you know, yeah. you get pressure on the quarterback that can that can hide a lot of a lot of faults. Okay, so let's go over this. All right, so the games from this Saturday, we're going to go to the games that we had our inside of Rick Butler coming in, and I got a little 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 tease for you guys, a little fun stuff. The best story. What do you think the best story in college football is? So 
First of all, let's get in the games. Michigan, we have my man Colest on. Oh, uh, you should. I, I can't share the text messages he was sending me, Clark, on Saturday and Sunday and yesterday. Uh, he was not a happy camper. Um, they just got their butts kicked. 41 to 17. Michigan, you know, they look like the real deal. Um, you know, Michigan maybe, can run the football. And that's the key. Yes. Yes. Michigan can run the ball. And they ran for a lot of yards. I'm going to get the total here because I they 300, ran 300 something, right? 418 yards. <laughs> I thought it was like 380 before. And like the thing, what did I say going in the game? You remember I said, I said, can they stop the run and make JJ McCarthy like have to throw the ball? Well, they didn't need to. JJ McCarthy was 17 to 24, 145 yards and a, and a bad pick. So like, they haven't proved anything because you know they have to uh, throw the ball, but their their offense line's good. They run the ball, um, and it's what we said. How many times have you and I have said this? Clifford stinks. Clifford's not good, and like Clifford again, seven hundred twenty yards. Like play the kid, play Drew Aller. I don't understand. He it's didn't horrible. look good either. He came in totally lost. I mean, it's tough to come in. You know, you're down two, three scores. You know, fourth quarter. I mean, one Clifford gets hurt all the time. I'm not sure what his allegiance is to him, and I guess he, I I get it. He's been loyal to the program. He as many years. wins as possible. But like, yeah, that game was over damn near when it started. You know, I know Penn State. They they took the lead at one point. I think that was late in the second quarter, early third. Did. On uh, I guess it was that pick. It was a tip tip ball. You know, kind of went off the guy's helmet, and you know they. they they ran back for a touchdown. And then I don't think it was 17 to 16 or 14 or whatever it was. Penn State didn't score again. It was over. I mean, it was like 25 unanswered points. You know, it's just, yeah, Michigan, they could be the real deal. You know, we really didn't know because they haven't really played anybody. Um, so yeah, there's a look. really good chance that they're 11 0 going that Ohio State game, that they're both. 11-0. If there's a team that matches up against Ohio State, it's Michigan. They play solid defense, and they can run the football and keep C.J. Stroud off the field. Yeah, the, the key will be, can J.J. McCarthy make some big boy throws in that game? That would be the key. But, yeah, running the ball. You know, Ohio State's run defense is really good. Um, the thing that, the, How do we know, Coach? We, they haven't played anybody. Well, that's I mean, true, but, like, Michigan didn't play anybody in, you know, until we knew. But I, I'm saying, you know – if you look at stuff and you look at, you know, everything, their run defense is good. I mean, Tommy Eichenberg explained at an all-American level. Their D-line's nasty. I'm saying, let, let me finish my thought. If there's a weakness in Ohio State, what they've shown is big play potential in the passing game especially. So can they, you know, get that? Well, we're a ways away. We got to see what Ohio State could do the rest of the way. We got to see what Michigan could do. But it looks like both teams are 11-0. Flip side, Penn State, you know, right now, last November 23rd, Franklin got a 10-year contract, guaranteed seven, 70 million, and a total life of 85 million. It's like they look lifeless. Now they got a big game. They got Minnesota this week and a, and a whiteout. Come back game. with Ohio State, right? And they got Minnesota, whiteout game. Minnesota's been struggling now. I think that they probably will get that one, but they got Ohio State after that. So, you know, dare to dream 10 wins, and now they're probably looking at what eight, nine. Yeah, eight, nine, probably yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Michigan looks legit. All right. Next one, are you all right? Notre Dame lost, and your boys Oklahoma State lost too. I mean, they played a good game though. Um, TCU forty-three, Oklahoma State forty. They blew a seventeen-point lead. They blew a seventeen-point lead. TCU's good on offense. They're they're the classic old-school Big Twelve team. They're good on offense. Their defense stinks, but they're really good on offense. They get cooking, uh, Max Duggan, and, and 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 they get rolling. But big win for TCU in the Big Twelve. This just shows you what coaching. And quarterback play in college football can can change a program around. Uh, you know, Sonny Dykes comes in and, and he changes the offense, and 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 now they're probably the front runners, right, to win the um, the, the the Big Twelve. Yes, I, I, yeah, they're, they're the front runners. You know, I still think Oklahoma State's not out of it, but no, uh, I've been riding I've been riding Oklahoma uh, Oklahoma State's coattails the whole the whole season. I'm not going to stop now. You know, they blew a large lead. I think, you know, the Big 12, I think the Big 12 is like the winner screams a two win, two loss team. Like a, somebody's 10 and two, like a, like a Oklahoma state or a TCU, you know, like a 10 and two team screams out of that, that league. I don't see anybody coming out of that league that makes the, makes the final four. Do you? 
No, not at all. I mean, I just think that, you know, they're all their teams are decent and they're just like, they're like TCU is a very flawed team. I mean, they're, they get cooked on an offense. TCU does. They really do. I mean, Sonny, Sonny Dykes is a, is a really good offensive mind, but defensively they can't stop anybody. And, and like, you know, if you look at, at TCU, I'll give you the stats here. TCU is fifth in the nation in total yards, third in points. But defensively, they're 176 in total yards and 200 in, in points. They just they can't stop anybody. So I, I that's going to scream. You're going to get bite in the butt. You can't keep winning like that. You know, so I think one of these times, yeah, they're going to whoever gets the ball last is going to win the game, and and, and they're going to they're going to lose it. Which it's too bad because, like we've talked about, the Big 12 could be one of the deepest conferences in college football. And right now, with that four with that 14 playoff, they're not going to get anybody in. Which if they go to this, you know, eight to twelve teams next year, they would probably get a team or two in, which would be nice to see, you know, some offense. And, yeah, and I, big I, I, yeah, I think with the twelve team, you're going to have some, you know, you'd have some like a big twelve team. Like I don't think it, like, like I don't think anybody in the Big Twelve could necessarily win a national championship this year. But yeah, they, if they made the twelve team playoff, they might win a playoff game, right? And then yeah. that'd be a big deal. It, what's going to turn into, in my opinion, with the playoff? When, go, when they go to 12, it, it's going to turn into everybody's going to feel like they're included. And then I don't know if it, you know, now you might think I'm crazy. I don't know if it's going to change who, who's going to win because I still think you're going to have that elite team, that, like the Georgias, the Alabamas, the Clemsons. I think what we'll do is everybody feels invited and then somebody gets to win a playoff game and then they can go sell it. We won a playoff game. Woo! Well, that's good for, and it's good for recruiting too. You want a playoff that's game. That's correct. You're going to get and, a lot. But of, the other thing gonna, is, Nobody talks about this. Is it gives the blue bloods another chance? Ohio State would have made the playoff every year in a twelve-team playoff. So, like, okay, now you get an Ohio State team that maybe struggled beginning of the year. They make the playoff. What you know? They could get on a runner. What if we get an Alabama yeah. team? So that's the flip side, you know. And then and SEC, you're right. You know, you know the SEC is going to be thinking twelve-team playoff. I can get four or five teams in at least three or four, right? So yeah, and, and you can go back to the Ohio State's national championship in twenty fifteen. Um, they lost that game early to, to, to Virginia Tech, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, so it was almost like they kind of backdoored in it, you know, towards the end of the season. Yep. Yep. So it's going to be interesting. All right. So Stanford, 16 we, we can skip over that one. We don't even yeah. have to. Well, we don't need to talk that. much. I mean, it's offense. It's co- coach. It's the quarterback. They had the ball with two and a half minutes to go. All they need is a field goal to win it. And he couldn't lead them down the field. Because if you don't have the right quarterback, it is so hard to win in college football. And unfortunately, Notre Dame has is a top, probably top ten program in the last you know even ten years. You know, played you know made the playoffs twice, played the national championship game in 2012 against Bama, um, and uh, they don't have a quarterback. And, but, but don't you think though? You know, these two games, Marshall and this, like Kelly won a lot of those games. Like, like he was good at winning. Like, like, like. Okay, Kelly was a classic. He didn't lose the game many most of the time. He did not lose a game he should have. He Correct. lost to bigger teams. Like you know, in the playoff he always lost. He lost to better teams. But when it was like a game he should have won, he probably won that ninety percent of the time. I would agree. Yeah. And, no, and so, so like people don't think about that, but that's a hidden advantage. Like, like, like Jim Kelly. I mean, um, uh, Jim Harbaugh. Uh, like he he was never terrible at Michigan. Now he had the COVID year, but he never won the big game. He he was winning eight nine games, but he could never beat Michigan. He could never beat Ohio State. He could never win a bowl game. And then finally last year was you know he broke through, beat Ohio State, won the Big Ten, and made the playoff. And and so like like Jim Harbaugh was never a disaster at Michigan. He wasn't Brady Hoke. He wasn't Rich Rodriguez. He just won all those games. So that's my only pause on Freeman. Now he's a young guy. You know, uh, it, but like if they're losing the same way next year, you're going to have a big, dis- big question on your hands. I'm not well, saying you fire him, but. Uh, no, I mean, he's trying to build the program his way, not Brian Kelly's way. I know that was his big, his big thing today at his press conference. Um, you know, he wants to, you know, Brian Kelly did things his way and Freeman's trying to implement his way. It's just, you know, he's not really trying to build off last couple of years, the, uh, the success of the program. Now, what I'm scared about is losing some of these recruits, you know, because we build up a top five recruiting class. Are some of these guys going to jump ship? Now, I, I'll tell you one thing that needs to happen. 
he needs to hit that transfer portal hard for a quarterback. And in last year we did, and the guy was he was okay. But guess what? He's head and above what we have right now, Cohen from Wisconsin. Yeah. It was I the mean, classic game manager who could do it. And, and we don't even have that. I mean, you know, it's it, it's we got a decent running game. We got defensive offensive, offensive line. We probably got the best tight end in college football. And they're scoring 14 points against probably one of the worst power five defenses in all football. You think you think um, the, Tommy Reese is in trouble? Mm, according to Freeman, no. And the problem is, is Tommy Reese is Notre Dame football. I mean, you know, he played there. He's, he's basically been a coach you know, since he's been done playing and he, he's had success as an offensive coordinator. I, I truly believe that they know they don't have a quarterback and there's really nothing you can do. I mean, it's almost like they're playing with a division three college quarterback right now. I mean, arm talent size, he's five ten, buck 70. These guys shouldn't be starting. Okay. But even <laughs> the quarterback, put that aside, like you got to find a way to beat Stanford or Marshall without even on a quarterback. That's all I'm saying. Like you're better than these teams. Yeah, I mean, but when your offense is, you know, when you're giving when you're giving up fumbles and interceptions and pick sixes, sometimes that's tough to overcome. Okay. All right. Let's get into the game. Tennessee 52, Alabama 49. Okay, let's talk about Tennessee. Huge win. And we got our insider Rick Butler coming on in a second. But you know, that was a gigantic win. So let's start here. How good you think Tennessee is? Really good. They could win the national championship. Wow. I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not there yet. I'm standing there. I'm not sure if I'm there yet. I'm but there. you beat Alabama, you get there. I get it. And, and listen, we talked offline Saturday night. I'm not so sure Bama's the Bama Bowl. And, I agree. And they're a mess defensively. I'll be honest. They're kind of a mess offensively. I mean, Bryce Young, a lot of the times, is just kind of running around making something out of nothing. It's not really coming in the flow of the offense. Like, like, like if they didn't have Bryce Young on Saturday, they lose by two touchdowns. Yeah, they lose by 21. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah, Bryce Young made so many plays. So, like, you know, I agree. I went in the year thinking Alabama would be great. I mean, they easily could have three losses. I mean, it, it, it's like, you know. If you were supposed to get hurt against Texas, Coach, he you did lose that game. And if Jimbo knows how to freaking call a good play at the end of the goal line, you know, they would uh, they win the game, I think. So they could easily – so there is something off on this team. Now, we've seen them struggle before, you know what I mean? And they write the ship. They write know. the ship. So the question is, I don't know what to think. Um, they I could think write the 50 ship. 50 points. Most ever in Alabama points. history. Yeah. Most ever in Alabama history. So, you know, I, I do think – I think Tennessee is good. I don't know how good. We've seen teams rally up, play good like this. Um, you know, like last year we saw Texas A&M play really well, beat Bama, and then they, they, they lost a couple games down the stretch. So I'm not ready to crown them yet, but it does look good. I mean, I could see that. I could – I would not – you might disagree. It would not surprise me in two weeks if they lost to Kentucky. Like Kentucky's That's a physical it. team. They play good defense. Uh, it wouldn't surprise – I mean, mm-hmm. they went 10-2. and two, That's a heck of a year. But maybe, maybe I'm wrong. I, I'm just not ready to. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to to like, like get all the way there. It's very impressive. Hendon Hooker is, is you know, even my guy Stroud. I, I think Hendon Hooker should win. If, if the Heisman ended right now, if he had Heisman. I'd vote for Hendon Hooker. He, well, he deserves it. I don't think C.J. Stroud's had that Heisman moment yet with no. a with the schedule they play now. If 11 and 0 Michigan play 11 and 0 Ohio State. Like we think they're like we probably think it's going to happen. Um, then Stroud, if he puts up 400 yards and four touchdowns, yeah, I think he, I think he gets it. I think he's got the best stats. I think he's the best player in college football. So okay, so Stroud. let me ask you this. Let, let, let's. I, I got a little scenario for you. I love these college football scenarios. Okay, let's say uh, let's say Tennessee. They they go out and they win, but they lose to Georgia, so they're 11 and one. Let's say. Alabama uh, loses to Georgia in the SEC championship. So you get SEC champ Georgia. You have 11 and one Tennessee versus 11 and one Michigan, who lost by three points to Ohio State. 
who gets that 11 and one Michigan or 11 and one Tennessee for that fourth spot? Would that be crazy scenario? Well, it would be crazy. And I think that that's the scenario they'll, they'll use to up the, up the amount of teams in next year's playoff instead of waiting till. Well, right 26. now it's in the cards for the earliest they think they could do it is 2024, the way they do schedules and stuff. So they're trying to work on it, but yeah, it would definitely. So would it be 24 season or year 24? Because 24 the Bulls season. are. Okay. So season. not, not next year, but the not year next after. year, the following year, that's the earliest they could do it. Okay. And it'd be 12. Like, 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 like they've agreed it, it's going to be, they want 12. That's what everyone wants. I thought they go to eight, but everyone wants 12. Bama has not shown enough to, to, to get in the playoff, and I don't think they're going to get it this year. I, no, I can I, see them I, dropping I, them. I, 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 it's crazy. Like, they got the, all these, these great, you know, recruits. They still – their defense still struggles, and they don't got any playmakers outside. Like, it's and crazy. Bill O'Brien has no – he has no feel for the, game, for the college game. Some of the play calls, he was – oh, it's just – Well, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, 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 it's – I don't know. Like, I'm not saying it because we've seen this before. We've seen this. I've seen this uh, show before with Alabama, but it's alarming. They had like, what, I think it was 19 penalties. It was, it was just under 20. I think they accepted was 17 accepted. Did you see what Paul Feinbaum said? Yeah. You sent me the article basically that, uh, that the players don't, they're not, they don't respect Saban or they're not afraid of them like they but used to be. He's 70. I looked it up. He's 70. I mean, I don't, I mean, he's a great. He looks good for 70. He looks good for 70. Oh, he looks great for 70. If I'm 70, I hope I look like that. I'll probably look like, ah, I won't look like that. He looks good for 70. I'm just saying, you know, everything great comes to an end. I think he's the greatest coach of all time. This this run is the best ever. I mean, it's unreal the way he's morphed into it, but everything great comes to an end at some point. Now I'm not predicting it will, but the, you know, they look like they've lost. If you took Alabama off their jerseys and you put Ole Miss on their jerseys, the only reason anybody's given the benefit of the doubt is because there's Nick Saban in this Alabama. Saban, right. yeah. It, 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 because if you took their jerseys off or, or if it was another coach, like they look like, like looking like crap is going to bite you in the dust. Like I, we've, how many times have we seen that when you look like crap and, and, you, and, and you just constantly – just are undisciplined, you know. You know how many times in the last last two weeks they had so many penalties, miss kicks, just sloppiness, just not good football out of Nick Saban. You you don't. Yeah, I, I guess we're I guess we're not even talking about the fifty yarder, which isn't super long anymore. And even I watched a kid knock a fifty yarder in high school football this week. I mean, it's it's nothing. You know, I think it's pretty standard. But you should be able to make a fifty yard kick. We're not even talking about that. Yeah. All right, we are pleased to have our guest on. Um, he's coming on in a second, Rick Butler. Um, he, I'm, I'm so happy we got him to come on. Uh, break down that big Tennessee win. He is with Rocky Top Insider. He's a beat writer and media content person. Um, how you doing, Rick? Hello, everybody. Can you hear me? Do I sound all right? If so, I'm doing good. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me on the program. Yeah, yeah, you sound great. So let me start here. Um, my name is Patrick Weider. I, uh, I live in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I'm an Ohio State grad. And then my buddy there, Clark, he lives in Florida. Um, and he's a Notre Dame fan. That's all right. We, we'll leave him alone. We stink. It's okay. <laughs> Season's over. So hey, we met on the baseball field a couple months ago. Oh, yeah. Yes, you did. That was that. We had a hell of a run. We had a hell of a college World Series run. It was, it was fun to follow. That's for it sure. It was. Uh, okay. So let me start here. Um, first off, so. You know, what does this win, you know, what a great time to have you on. What does this win mean for, for, for University of Tennessee, the team, everyone involved in Tennessee football? Can you just describe to our listeners, what does this win mean? Yeah, you know, this win for Tennessee over Alabama, in a sense, it was really getting a 500-pound gorilla off your back. You know, for so long, I think so many Tennessee fans had heard about the Tennessee-Alabama rivalry, but there's this new generation in town that has never seen that before. You have to go back to stories of old uh, and, you know, fathers of this generation. They know about it, but really grandfathers of this generation. That's who it sticks at home most with. 
a lot of people who are my age, who are maybe in their mid-20s or so, obviously a little bit younger, they've heard this idea of the third Saturday in October, but never really have lived it. So you go back the last 15 years, Tennessee obviously has not won in that span. So just for Tennessee to be able to come together in a season like this, right, it's you know, beating Alabama, I think would be one thing. And obviously it would erupt this fan base to a sense, but also having it in the middle of this miraculous start to the season where you've beaten Florida and you've gotten that monkey off your back. You've gone to LSU, you've gone to Death Valley and you've beaten them as well. I think to also have that in the middle of this kind of run, man, it has really ignited this Tennessee fan base. But yeah, Tennessee, Alabama, getting a 500 pound gorilla off the back. I think that's the best way for fans to describe it. Yeah. I mean, it it was so great to see, you know, Uh, I, I, I'm 43. So I remember, you know, I was, he's old. He's, I, I was he's in high school. Hey, I was in high school and early college. Like I remember the Peyton Manning years. I remember the T Martin and I remember, and, and I'm, I'm a college football nut and I love college football and it's good when the Tennessee's back. You know what I mean? It, it, it's like people don't sure. really we forget. They went dormant for a little bit. It's good when they're I mean, that stadium and the way the fans reacted. I mean, it's just good for the sport. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree. You know, and so much of Tennessee has to do with that tradition and that pageantry. And I think what you saw at the end of the game with the fans storming the field and completely taking it over and that visual that CBS had with those box from the or with, excuse me, with those shots from the sky. Those were pretty miraculous. And I think that tells the college football world. I think that even told the sports world a little bit that, hey, this place can get rocking like this is not an anomaly this is something that can be even repeated heck it just happened about four weeks ago when florida came to town as well i think it really put tennessee back on the map for a lot of people you know i I grew up in texas myself so when i talked about ut most people felt like i was talking about the texas longhorns but i was always (laughs) talking about right I, i was always talking about tennessee now you fast or excuse me you rewind to just saturday night and i had so many people who i grew up with from back home who were texting me who knew i was at the game who were saying hey we didn't know tennessee had it like this and, and i just you know there's a lot of me that said hey it's always been here but like you said it's just been dormant for a good long while so so okay ahead, let, me, let me jump in here so rick all right big wins Pitt, florida lsu alabama you know, four solid wins. Where do we go from here? We still got Kentucky and, and Georgia on the schedule. We're, I mean, what's the expectations for the rest of the season? Because to be honest, it's half over. Yeah, I think the crazy thing when you think about the expectations moving forward is that uh, a lot of them have already been surpassed. If you talk to a lot of Tennessee fans, if you talk to reporters, even myself as well, a lot of us were kind of predicting in that eight and four range for Tennessee moving forward. But man, those included, you know, some kind of combination of a loss to Pittsburgh, Florida, Alabama, LSU, something along those lines. So for Tennessee to be sitting here right now, 6-0, expectations have now been raised halfway through the season. I think Tennessee fans are really looking at that Georgia game as a challenge that they want. But first, you obviously got to have Kentucky. I think Tennessee has a little bit of a breather week this week. You get UT Martin, but then Kentucky comes to town. It was actually announced today that that was going to be a 7 o'clock p.m. game. I think once again, Tennessee, excuse me, Tennessee Stadium is going to be rocking. The fans have already sold it out. I think you're going to get another environment that's going to be tough for Kentucky to handle. Nick Saban actually talked about that in his press conference today. He said, our guys were normally chanting and they're swaying around before even away games. They weren't doing that against Tennessee because it was such an intimidating environment. So now you put that under the lights. I, I, I don't think Kentucky is certainly a certainly a challenge, right? But I think a lot of Tennessee is looking to Georgia as that final big game on the test. So certainly Kentucky is a scare. Maybe South Carolina can be a trap game at the end of the season. But Tennessee fans are looking at that Georgia game as a welcome challenge. I, I think with realistic expectations, though, I don't think anybody's going in there demanding a win considering they feel like, hey, 11-1 and one is still pretty darn good on the table. I kind of compared this year to what we saw from Joe Burrow and the LSU team, you know, four years ago, kind of coming out of nowhere, you know, transfer quarterback, kind of, you know, up for the Heisman. I mean, he's going to finish top three if he even continues to do what he's doing, maybe even win it. Um, it's, 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 it's been fun to watch so far this season, for sure. Yeah, you know, I, I, I – 
I want to say great minds think alike. I don't have any way to prove this to you or anything, but I actually had that same thought today as well. It's kind of that magical run of just kind of components coming together for Josh Heupel in his second year, Hendon Hooker in his final year at Tennessee. I agree. It's got that kind of secret ingredient feeling to it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, how good is, is Hendon Hooker? I mean, he was at Virginia Tech and he wasn't that great. I mean, let's be honest. Like he struggled at times. I remember him at, at Virginia Tech. And he came in, and then, you know, he wasn't even supposed to be the starter. I know it was like Joe Milton, right? He was supposed to be the starter. He That's started correct. the year. Then they, they, they bench Milton, and they went to Hooker. And it's like, it just seems like him and Hype will have this, like, chemistry together as play caller and player. Like, they just, they feed off each other, and he's just done a great job. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. You know, thinking about when Hendon Hooker came to Tennessee, just that connection with Josh Hype has been so effective. And you're right. I, I think both of them just – in a really spectacular fashion, they both know exactly what the other wants to do. And frankly, Josh Heupel's game plan of an ideal offense that he wants to be running is with a quarterback like Hendon Hooker. And he kind of fell into their lap there in the second game of the season last year after the injury. I think he's just been tremendous. One of the things that I've been so impressed with about Hendon Hooker this year is his preparation. We've heard so many stories and press conferences from players and coaches alike about just how much time he spends in the film room getting prepared for these games. We even heard a story from Kennedy Chandler, right, from Tennessee's basketball team, uh, first-round pick in the NBA draft. That's the comment that he had made about Hendon Hooker. He said, man, that guy's in the film room a lot. So I boys, think that kind of he's, – yeah. He's probably not in the classroom because he's already got his doctorate degree, right? <laughs> that's, that's right. He, he's an old guy, so he's been around for a bit. He, he's been to a bunch of classes in his day. So, yeah, he's – He's in the film room, man. He's soaking it up. And I think you can really see that he's just such a mature quarterback right now that I, I think that's really one of the key, most key components that's carrying Tennessee to the success. Well, and then, you know, the flip side, you know, I remember, you know, it's kind of incredible, right? When you got, you got the, the Foley era, right? You know, and like Jeremy Foley, right? Was that, yeah. And then he struggled and then the whole scandal with that. And then, you know, you get the new AD and then they bring in a hype one. And I don't know correct me if I'm wrong, it was lukewarm about him. Like, yeah, like, ah, he goes, gets his own coach. I, I wasn't sure. I, I, I was like, ah, I don't know. Maybe he was okay at UCF, but you know, he kind of like fell off a little bit at UCF. And like, if you look at it now, I mean, he's done an incredible job in two years. I thought last year was incredible because like, like they were not that good, you know, talent wise. And they eked out when they went seven, eight games last year, that was an incredible year, you know, to go in a bad situation and do well. And then this year he's got him six and oh. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you think about when Jeremy Pruitt had, had what Jeremy he had Pruitt. left this, what he had left this program just in the wake of that aftermath. It wasn't a whole lot. Yes, there were still talented players on the roster, but a lot of those talented players had gone to other schools. You see Henry Toto at Alabama. You see Eric Gray at Oklahoma. A lot of that top tier talent had left. Heupel came in, and I think when he first came in, yes, you are very correct in the sense that his his reception was lukewarm, and a lot of it was, hey, this athletic director, Danny White, is just bringing in his own guy because he can't get anyone else. So I think that kind of even lowered expectations a little bit around Knoxville. But you think about what he was known for at UCF, and that was the offense. So at least folks kind of had the understanding, hey, he's going to bring an offense to some kind of capability to Tennessee. But I think aside from that, you really saw the culture fit that he brought in. Tennessee in the last couple of years, you think about Butch Jones and, and he was kind of a over the top guy having expressions and, you know, jawing back and forth with the media. You saw that from Lane Kiffin and Derek Dooley as well beforehand. Then you saw Jeremy Pruitt come in kind of a, a very stout, uh, very, you know, very serious toned uh, guy. Then you see Josh Heupel come in, and he's kind of in the balance side of that. I think Josh Heupel has brought in a really great culture to Tennessee that you've seen being talked about a lot from the players who have come in uh, and who rave about that all the time. So really just his his coaching staff as well. I think being able to keep that and retain that over the offseason, they only lost one guy from that one. That was Cody Burns, who went to the Saints. They replaced him internally with Kelsey Pope. His coaching staff being able to stay retained like that has been really important to the success. The culture has been important to the, to the success. And then, frankly, you've just seen that, hey, this guy really does have an offensive mind, and uh, he can make it happen on the field. Clark? Yeah, that's uh, – I kind of goes into my next question. You know, Tennessee's kind of been a revolving door for coaches. You know, the success that Heupel's had, do you think he looks elsewhere? Or do you think? Oh this is my god! Of- this guy <laughs> I'm telling you, yeah, listen. <laughs> he, he 
you got Ryan Day every week. He tries to get Ryan Day in the NFL. I'm like, come on, dude, stop it. I think Ryan Day could go to the NFL. I think CJ Stroud could go with him. No, I don't think I don't think he's an NFL guy, Hypo, but I mean, is this I mean, I gotta ask it, is this his end game? Like for college football? I, I don't know. You know, that scares I, I me think a little bit with Tennessee. Sure. I, I think you have seen that revolving door and, and, you know, Tennessee has had that feeling of, Hey, we have seen coaches come and we have seen coaches go. We saw Butch Jones be successful in 2016. We saw that all crum- come crumbling down just a little bit of time later. So I think there is a little bit of a sense of fear with that, but I'll, I'll go with two kind of things. Number one, the biggest scare would be, in my opinion, from Oklahoma, his oh, alma mater, the place yeah. where he won a national championship, the they place where he was him. a high- but exactly. But that is not necessarily a great relationship there. They fired him. They have not contacted him in some time. He, he, kind of he doesn't like them at all. I, I, I kind of believe that as well. You know, it, you saw that in the last coaching search as well. Josh Heupel quickly came out to Tennessee fans. And that was after year one. He quickly came out to Tennessee fans and he said, hey, I'm in Rocky Top. I came here to win in the SEC and win at the University of Tennessee. This is where I want to be. I think you look at what Tennessee guys talking about the beginning of our conversation there when we were saying that Tennessee is back on the map. The college football world is alert that Tennessee is kind of finding its footing once again. I think Tennessee has the resources and Tennessee is in the division and the conference. I think Tennessee is the place to be when it comes to a long-term successful career. Now, obviously I could get proven wrong at some other point down the road, but I think about, you know, what is something that these coaches would want to go out and seek out and find? Tennessee has a great NIL program. I think that's very important for the modern era of college yes. football moving forward. I think they have a great fan base, as you saw with, uh, you know, after the Alabama game and the aftermath of that. So uh, to me, I look around the college football world and I see Oklahoma, but that doesn't really look like a possibility. Uh, you think about other places in the SEC, I think, at that point. But hey, give Tennessee a couple of years of, of this sustained success. I think they're just as good as anybody on the map. Well, I mean, Tennessee's a blue blood. That's that's the stuff. Sure. And, and like, and they're not that. You know, you know, it's not that far from from talent. I mean, Georgia's not that far away. Atlanta. I mean, they can go anywhere and get players. NIL's great. But they just needed the right guy. Like people, you know, Alabama struggled for for like 15 years before they got saved. You get the right guy, you can turn around, and that's finally what Tennessee has. You know. Yeah. So. I had to ask. I mean, it's been, I mean, how many coaches was it the last 10 years? Four or five? Yeah, right. Oh, man. It's a lot, right? A lot. Quite a few. Quite a few. It's just, you know, it, I was hoping that's how you're going to answer it, you know, because I, I think I think college football is better when, when Tennessee's at the top. But <laughs> you look at that history and you're like, oh, man. Yeah, but they, those guys right got fired. I, I, the uh, only yeah. person that left was Lane Kiffin. Kiffin and Lane yeah. Kiffin left to go to USC, which – you know, it's probably a better job, but like um, Lane Kiffin was on a podcast the other day and he, he said he regretted leaving. He should have stayed. I think that's one of Lane Kiffin's big regrets as well. I, I think Lane Kiffin is seeing kind of this revival of Tennessee and, and seeing that that could have yeah. been what, what, you know, that's, that's the, that's the possibilities at Tennessee. And I think the other th- quick thing that I forgot to mention a second ago is Danny White that kind of connection that he has with the athletic director that has been carried over for so long. Danny White showed so much trust in Josh Heupel. And I think that is huge moving forward. Danny White has been a guy who, who in just his short amount of time in Knoxville has not been afraid to open the checkbook has not been, has not been afraid to renovate Neyland stadium, give the fans what they want. I think Danny White is the absolute right man in charge. I think he is one of the actually best things to happen in the modern era of Tennessee athletics. And I think that that relationship between athletic director and head coach is completely on the same page. Heck, I uh, even on the same line. No, no, you no, you're right. I mean, and let's be honest, like, you know, um, Phil Fulmer, you know, the old AD, I mean, he had no business being AD and, and, and it was so smart at Tennessee. He was a legend. Got a real he was a AD. legend though. Well, he's a legend as a coach, not an AD. I mean, yeah. it's, not, it's, not, it's not like what it was in the 80s and 90s. He used to go, oh, let's go make this guy the AD. It's a, it's a billion dollar business now. So you got to have an, a, a forward thinking AD. They got a great AD. But look at what he did at UCF. I mean, he did a great job. And so we got a forward-thinking guy, and the, the, you know Josh Heupel lays his head down at night. He knows he's got a boss. Another thing, Rick, don't you think? Like, let's just say Josh Heupel goes ten and two this year. Let's say they fall back to seven and five next year. Danny White's not going to fire him. He, he knows Danny White's got his back. So yeah, I, I think that's a big thing as well. 
Yeah. Rick, he's already Rick, he's already got you. He's already got your bowels going seven and five next year. I mean, this, well, I just, <laughs> this, is, this is an Ohio State thing. Hey, this they're gonna Ohio have State. a they're gonna have a quarterback battle next year, so that'll be fascinating. Hey, hey Rick, do you cover basketball too? Yes, I do. But what do you think? Well, how the Bowles basketball team? I know they were one of the top teams in the country last year. Yeah, you know, they had an electric team last year. And you go back to Kennedy Chandler, who, who was mentioned a second ago, and he really was so much of the, the lifeblood of that team from the point guard position. I think they have a really fascinating team coming up this year. They did, certainly did lose a big piece in Kennedy Chandler, lost a couple of players to the transfer portal. But for the most part, they're returning some of their most important veterans, Santiago Vescovi, Josiah Jordan-James, Akai Ziegler. I think these are all going to be really big players for Tennessee. But the name to watch is Julian Phillips, man. He, he is Tennessee's freshman five-star female. Phenom, the okay. guy who's already been projected in first round mock, mock drafts next year. The guy's been projected as a one and done for a while. He has stepped on the court for Tennessee and immediately shown shown up and shown out. You know, we only got to see we've only gotten to see one practice so far, and that was the first practice of the year. And, you know, a lot of things can be said during the first practice. You're getting a lot of things out of the way. There's a lot of getting used to what's going on and, and obviously introductory stuff. So there was a lot of yelling at the freshman, as I guess kind of what I'm trying to say. A lot of instructions that are very loud, except for Julian Phillips. He kind of got lost in the shuffle, and I was amazed because it kind of just proved to me that, hey, this guy is mature. This guy is next level. He is going to be a difference maker for Tennessee. So that, to me, is a, is a strong solution or a strong start to the season. you got some returning veterans. you got a really talented five-star freshman, kind of similar to the recipe they had last season. Awesome. That's I love college basketball, too, so. Yeah, man, should I, I be had fun. A, I, had I had a should be another fun, uh, fun, fun season. Uh, you know, at Tennessee on the hoops, and of course, you'll have the big games against Kentucky and all those rivalry games. Oh, so yeah. those Kentucky's never get old. This year. Kentucky, yeah, absolutely. This year, yeah. SEC, a lot of plenty of good teams. Hey, Rick, thank you so much for coming on. We'd love to have you back again sometime. Maybe another, another month, we'll check in. Maybe hey, yeah, that. Maybe when you're six and four next year, going for that seven and five. <laughs> like, couple games season, when we're, when Tennessee is going for that elusive seventh win against Vanderbilt, we will uh, we'll have a long breakdown about it. But guys, hey, thanks so much for having me. I've had a blast. I I I, I love uh, hanging out with you guys. So yeah, let's do it. Let's do it again sometime. Okay, thanks, thanks Rick. Again, Rick. Hey, go hey. Miles. Good luck. Yeah, we cheers, guys. You. Thanks so much. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Yeah, he's wow. He I'll tell you what, Coach. You've you've done a great job getting our guests. I know you work hard at it, and they are so knowledgeable. I mean, we could have talked to this guy for another hour, hour and a half. I mean, I know all I do is I find I, I Google a blog and I read through them, and then I, I read a couple articles. And I if I like their article, I send them a message. And and I usually I get message about five or six people. A lot of them don't get back to you, but that's what we do, man. You just try to grind to get through it. So it, it, it's uh, how about that basketball question he answered right off the bat? I mean, he. Listen, that's that's pretty unbelievable. We were it's not like we said, hey, we're gonna ask you a basketball question either. Yeah, it, it was he was really good. So um I thought he was he was awesome. Um and like it was just like like a nice, nice thing to, to have him on. So all right, let's get into um you know he you know we need to recruit because we haven't talked about him at all. Is is old miss. Get somebody from that does an old miss blog because we have barely talked about him in there. And you have you finally got him in your top ten. Wow! Right, here you go. Here's my top wow. ten. Let's go to wow! Let's my top ten. Okay, here we go. I got Ohio State one, Georgia two, Michigan three, Tennessee four. Now stop, 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 stop. No, 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 no. I'm gonna stop you there. Okay, Ohio State was on a bye. All right. How can you still have them? They didn't play anybody. Who would you move ahead of them? I'd put Michigan or Tennessee at one based off a power rate. Look, I'm not being a homer. We both think Ohio State. Yes, you are. Oh, come on. You're not being a homer? What did the AP put? What did the AP have? This is different. AP is AP. This is your power ratings. I I think Ohio State is going to be in the playoff and possibly win a national championship. So I put them one, Georgia two. Now, my debate was Tennessee at three. I did not think about putting Tennessee to two. Okay. Like, I know Tennessee's good, but I'm saying, like, we've seen this. We've seen teams do this. Like, if Tennessee beats Georgia, I will put them on. I promise you. If Tennessee goes and they beat Georgia, they will be number one in the nation. Okay? But, you know, we've seen this. You know, can they consistently do it? So, I put Michigan three. You know, neutral site right now. I'm putting a gun in your head. Neutral site. Michigan versus Tennessee. Who wins? That's a good one, right? 
It's two. It's two completely different styles. That's what I mean. Wouldn't it be fascinating game? Until I see somebody stop Tennessee's pass offense, I'll, I'll take Tennessee all day. I think I honestly think their offense at this point in the season is unguardable. But like, like if you had Ohio State Tennessee, you could see that because they 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 like to play that way. Ohio State doesn't mind a shootout, you know Tennessee. But like Michigan is like a grinded out old school team. So, anyways, Michigan three, Tennessee four, Clemson five. Under the radar, Clemson's. If I you know, could say they're, they're under the radar, under the radar they, for being undefeated and. Everybody's talking about Tennessee and, you know, Georgia and Ohio State, Michigan. Like, there's Clemson just keeps chugging along. Want another game? Let's be honest. They're going to be undefeated. They're going to be in the playoffs. I I think. I I think it's going to be – this is what's going to come down to. You're going to have an SEC champ, a Big Ten champ, either Ohio State or Michigan, Clemson, and then either is there a a Pac-12 team? I don't know. Maybe not. Or is there a second SEC team, second Big Ten team? That's what's going to get, it's going to be, you know, I, you know, all I'm saying is, look, in the history of the playoff, we've only had at one time a 12 and, just hear me out a second, a 12 and one power five conference team, not make it. That was Ohio state. Ohio state didn't make it and Alabama made it over them. Why? Because Ohio state got blown out, blown out by uh, Purdue. Um, That's right. Yeah. Other than that, so if you're a 12 and one UCLA, and they let's I'm just throwing out there. Let's say let's say USC goes 12 and one. Their only loss is a one point game to Utah. A 12 and one Pac-12 team, I still think makes it over a one loss non-champ. I do. I mean, you're just making a case to me that that I think we need to expand this play these playoffs. You know it's 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 pretty eye-opening when you look at who's left and i know it, the last six games always shake out the way they shake out but i just have a feeling that there's going to be a couple one loss teams that get left out this year it's it's going to be fascinating okay so clemson's five then i got it starts to get hard man i put tcu six ucla seven old miss eight I moved Alabama down. I moved them further than, than what the AP is. I would have had them with Michigan State off the top ten. I, yeah, I don't they, I don't they, like Alabama this year. I do not th- – I think this is – You know where the I AP think, had them? Guess where the AP had them? Six. I think they moved them down to sixth, right? Six. I moved them to nine. I, Oklahoma, I, Oklahoma State, I put ten. That was tough, too. Coach, what's Bama's – what's the rest of their schedule? What, well, who do they got left? Okay. Hang on. Let's play the game. Let's get, love the schedule game. Okay. Alabama. Hang on. Sorry. So here's Alabama. Home, Mississippi State. That, that is not a guarantee. That's not a guarantee. That's not. At no. LSU. They could lose that one. At Ole Miss. Versus Austin P. Okay, we'll give them that one. Versus Auburn. They'll beat Auburn. Auburn stinks. Over under 10 wins right now. I'm telling you. Nine I think it's three. Going to go over. I don't know why. Like, save it all. Wow. wow. Right? 10 and a half. You have them over 10 and a half? Is you have 11 to 1? I don't know. I, that's a good question. I mean, because, like, if you the, look at it, Mississippi, like Mississippi State, State Ole Miss. Isn't bad. Where's that Ole Miss game at? Is that home or away? That's at Ole Miss. That, they might not be favored in that game. They might not. But then it's safe but not favored. His record's unreal. I don't, I don't know. Like it, It's fascinating because we've seen this dance before. We've seen them do this before. Yeah, I think it's different. I think it's different now. I really it do. Could it could be. They've looked like crap. I agree. So, I don't know. It's going to be fascinating. It's good for the sport. If, if, if they went 10-2 and two this year, that's great for the sport. You open the door to somebody else. So, right. I, I imagine a playoff where you had – uh, Ohio State, Georgia, Tennessee, and USC. I'm just throwing them out there. That'd be fun, right? USC has never made the playoff. Tennessee has never made the playoff. I- I imagine if Ohio State was one versus a four USC. I mean, Lincoln Riley versus Ryan Day, and then Georgia versus Tennessee, or mix them up however you want. That'd be fun. No, it would, it would or be. Or you put Michigan. Let's say Michigan. 
because they could beat Ohio State. So you got Mid- oh Clemson. I'm forgetting about Clemson. You got to throw Clemson. Clemson's in. Clemson. We might as well pencil them in right now. They're not losing the rest of the year. I agree. So yeah, you got to put Clemson in. So imagine a Clemson versus a Tennessee. How fun would that game be? We good. Hey, I gotta because I don't see your 11 through 15. Where do you got Michigan State at this week? Did you did you move Shut them up, up to the 11 spot? They got a big win. Spot. What about yeah. Minnesota? You were so high on Minnesota, and I don't think they. But did I put them since. in my top ten? No, I did not. I think they haven't won a game since. No. Okay. Anyways, that's just the top ten. All right. Good top ten. I would have flip flopped probably Tennessee, Michigan, and I would have moved Ohio State down since they're on a bye week. Just technicality. I do still think they're the best team in college football right now, but I would have. Okay. Just before we get to our picks, and and you can you can uh, glow. Best story. I got four of them. So this is like all for Syracuse is six and zero for the first time since nineteen eighty seven. Good for them. Yeah, good for them. Uh, uh, with Dino Babers, the old Bowling Green football coach, coaching them up. They were terrible last year. He's kind of turned the tide. They got they got a couple transfers. You know, we keep talking about that transfer portal. Uh, a couple transfers, that quarterback, running back. I'll tell you what, Notre Dame's got got them on the schedule in a couple weeks. I don't think we beat them. They're I good. think Syracuse. They're physical. They're good. They run the ball. They're physical. Yeah, and that carry you play in that carrier dome. Good luck. Remember they beat Clemson about four or five years ago. They did. Okay, up there. You, yeah. you got to pick one. So I'm with Sam. All you pick one. So they're Syracuse. Okay. Kansas. They lost two in a row, but they're still five and two. Heck of a story. Tennessee beating Auburn, uh, Alabama for the first time in 2006. So uh, they're six and zero. Oh. And then Illinois, six and one, first time over 500. Uh, <laughs> For a season since 2011, which that's one's the kind, best? That's kind of depressing. Um, honestly, probably Syracuse at six and zero because I feel like they played a couple tough teams. But yeah. Illinois, that's a great story. They've been a bottom feeder of the Big Ten. You know, Kansas, Kansas. I kind of feel bad for them. They lost their quarterback. They're probably their schedule coach. They might not even get bowl eligible. Yeah, the, they'll be, they will be. I hope they do though. I think they, they will. will be, I think they'll eke one out. They will be underdogs in every game they play for the rest of the season. If it I mean, does think because that kid was playing so well. He was. He was. Well, they got Baylor this week. Baylor, you know, my Baylor Bears aren't doing too well. Yeah, you had that one national championship two weeks ago. All right. Settle down there, Skippy. All right. So you go. Last week's picks. So you went four and one. I went four and one. Year to date, my friend. Man, you gotta quit your job to go be a handicapper. My man Clark yeah. is 16, 7, and 1 on the year. I'm 13, 10, and 1 on the year. So we're both plus money, but you are 16, 7, and 1. What, do you, what can you say about yourself, man? No, I just, you know, I do the research, and, and uh, it's coming all on the right side. You know, that's, that's all you can say. You're only as good as your last pick, though. So, you know, I could go 0-5 this week and drop right down to 16, 12, and 1. So you just, you just never know. Okay, here you go. The pick them with Coach and Clark. Here we go. I got five games. Speaking of Syracuse, <laughs> you said a great story. You said that Clemson wasn't going to lose the game. So Syracuse at Clemson, minus 13. You go first. I'll go first the next one. Yeah. If this game was at the Carrier Dome, I'd probably I'd probably take Syracuse no matter what. Uh, playing at Clemson, outdoors, um, I like Clemson. I think they're on a roll. I think uh, Dabo's got those boys playing well. Uh, their defense is just too good for for Syracuse. Oh, um, I do think I do think Syracuse is a great story. But give me Clemson minus thirteen. I agree. I'm going to take Clemson too. I think that Syracuse had a great year, but I think that they fall back to earth. And I can see Clemson taking it to them a little bit. I agree. All right, UCLA. This is a good one. Game day is going there. Uh, game day is going, finally going back to the Pac-12. Wow. UCLA, you, you're a hater. UCLA at Oregon. Oregon's favored by four and a half. I'm taking my chipper. Let's go. Chip Kelly, I got it. I'm getting plus you're, four and a half, and I think they're probably the better team. Give me UCLA. You're, you're going to die on UCLA's vine, aren't you? This is like, you're, like they're your team this year. You even had them hypothetically – the national championship final four at 11 to one. I like what they do. They're physical. You know, he, he, he's got some, re- his scheme is awesome. Now they do a lot of pulling trap. They do some different things. So yeah, go ahead. Well, Who do you think? They can pull right into Eugene and I'm going to take Oregon minus four and a half. 
Clark takes Oregon. Okay. All right. Here we go. UT, Texas, at Oklahoma State. At, no, I'm oh, sorry. Let me rephrase that. At Chad Clark's Oklahoma State. Oh, Texas man. This is favorite at Oklahoma State. What the disrespect is that? This is tough, Coach, because I've been, I've been rolling with Oklahoma State all season. Oh, man. I, I, I like, what, like what Texas is doing. Like we've talked about numerous times. I think they beat it, Bama. They, they didn't get down to their third-string quarterback. But I think this is an overreaction, the Oklahoma State blowing that big lead against TCU. Give me Oklahoma State at home plus two-and-a-half points. Wow, Clark sticks with his Oklahoma. Clark takes Oklahoma State, and I'm going to agree. I think it. I just think that the. I don't think Texas is bad, but I think they're going to be more like eight and four, you know, and that's that's okay. And then they can bring yours back and be better next year. Yep. Okay. All right, here we go. At Mississippi State at Alabama, twenty-two and a half. What are we doing here? Give me Mississippi State. I don't even have to talk yes, about it. Yes, me too. We many, both take Mississippi State. That's way too many points. We both, we both take Mississippi State. Both take – I think this Alabama team, you know, we don't really know much about, you know. So both take MSU in this game. Okay. All right. I'll take this one. So that was like a no-brainer. Kansas State, okay, who's, who's not a bad team. At TCU. Wow. You, you picked this uh, one. First let me coach. go. Let me go. This one's tough. I think TCU, TCU is like a very up and down team. And, and TCU doesn't really blow people out either. Um, TCU, like their wins are, are 43 to 40, 38 to 31 to Kansas. Um, Kansas State is not a bad team. They're five and one. You know, and so give me Kansas State. What what what's your? Th- I mean, you just told me how good you thought TCU was, but their defense is, defense struggles a little bit. I don't know how great Kansas State's offense is. If they get in a shootout with with TCU, can they keep up with them? I'm not so sure. Give me uh, TCU minus five at home. They're going to run off this momentum that they have. Sometimes the, the lines and the overreactions from the week before, but uh, I, I honestly think TCU has something cooking this year, and uh, that was a big win against Oklahoma State, and I think they continue it uh, this week. What about what about this? Kansas State, they're 104th in total yards on offense and 104th on total yards on defense. <laughs> <laughs> and they're 5-1. and one. That's kind of an amazing stat. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, yeah. So, anyways, uh, great show, man. That was awesome. Oh. How how why are we not picking Ohio State Iowa? I mean, Ohio State's back from their bye. You need, you need to throw them up there. I just didn't think that was a good game. I I you want to pick it? What's the line? What's the line? Hang on. <laughs> Here, let me let me guess because I I have not looked. Where I wanna, I, I, I'm going to say 27 and a half. I mean, you know, Iowa has like the worst offense in football. Yeah. Like it, it, it's crazy that Iowa. You would think the worst offense in football would be would be like, um, like I don't know Akron State or you know what I mean. Like you wouldn't think that they would have the. I don't know why I can't find this. All right, hang on. Sorry. Um, Come on, coach. I'm used to like okay, 29 favorites. You want to well, pick it? You want to throw this I on said- there? I'm taking the Buckeyes. It could be 31 to nothing. I I don't know if I can score. You want to pick it? Yeah, throw it on there. Why not? Okay, go ahead. I'll take take OSU minus 29. I'll lay the points. I'll take OSU too. Oh, wow. Shocker. Coach took Ohio State. Oh, my gosh. Shut down the show. Shut down the show. Shut down the show. Oh, my God. Here you go. Here you go. I'll give you their stats. Iowa is 255th in the nation in total yards. There's that's that's because there's not even there's only what 107. That's that's everybody, right? That's like yeah. all like division one total like, uh, yards on defense, 17th total passing defense, 
105, 105th, uh, 10th in the nation. They got a good defense. It, yeah. it, 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 it's, it's crazy. Like any other fan, I mean, I mean, you know, Kerry Combs had a, and I was different Ohio state. Kerry Combs struggled that one year. And then last year after the Oregon game, they, 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 they demoted him. And this I know is it's your son, but man, this is, def, this is the absolute definition of nepotism right here. Yeah. That's that when you have somebody that's so bad at their job, but it's your son and you have it, they don't have to fire. Just demote them. Promote somebody else to offense coordinator. Do no the right team, thing. No team in FBS football averages fewer yards per game than Iowa. And they're and they're they're dead set on that quarterback. They will not look at their backup either. They won't. They won't. So all right, we threw that on there. So all right. Well, that was awesome. I want to thank our guest, Rick Butler. Uh follow him. Oh man, Rick awesome. is Rick did a nice I'm job. following. I already followed him right now. I already followed him. Yeah, Rick Butler's a, a, a great follow. His name is He's at Rick underscore Butler. He writes for the Rocky Top Insider. You want to check it out, check him out. He's a beat writer and media content uh, person. So, yeah, he's, he's, he does a great job. So I want to thank him so much. Uh, we had a good show, a little spirited show here with my guy here. So thank you so much. Uh, we'll be back next week with another show. So any parting shots there, Mr. Notre Dame? No, uh, we, we finally, we're going to get a win. At least we should. We're 23-point favorites. Um, you know, let's go. Uh, yeah, I yeah, I I won't take Notre Dame, but uh, I I do like us to win this week. You know, let's let's continue this momentum with college football. We've seen some great games, even with some not so great games on the slate. You know, it's, something seems to to catch our eye, and uh, it's it's been a it's been a fun season so far. That's for sure. Yeah, there's still a lot of big games. Though. We picked a lot of them. You know, a lot of big games this weekend, and so. Um, a lot of big games. So, and then the following week is even going to be better. You know, got Ohio State, Penn State the following week, Florida, Georgia. I know Florida's down. I'll, I'll be at that game. I'm going oh, to that game. Oh, you got Kentucky, yeah. Tennessee the following week. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State. I know Michigan State's down, but still that's a rivalry game. So, yeah, it's a good week. You have Oklahoma State, Kansas State. So, there's a lot of good games next to the following week. So, all right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Really appreciate it. Uh, you know, we're going to keep growing the show and, and keep getting guests and everything. So, thank you so much. Go, Bucks.